All right. <laughs> Turn with me this morning to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter, and by the way, I meant to mention this earlier, but we have some guests here. Normally, we don't actually... This is going to be on, online too now, so <laughs> I should have done it beforehand, but nonetheless, uh, you, you'll be super popular now. But uh, Kristen Garrett are here with us. They haven't been with us in a long time. They just got back to the region, so we're so glad that they're here with us. Um, I don't normally point out guests because it embarrasses them, but I know these people. They're not embarrassed by that. I mean, this guy lives with Christopher crying out loud, okay? So, so there's no embarrassment here, right? No, we, we love them so much and are so glad to see their faces this morning. Notice here Acts chapter 19, and uh, we're just going to read seven verses here of Acts 19. I always feel bad that we don't read more, but there's just we're having to jump right in here. Notice these words uh, found in Acts chapter 19. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They had not said the Apostles' Creed recently, have they? And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about twelve men in all. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for your holy word. Holy Spirit, thank you for inspiring St. Luke to write these words for us in the book of Acts. Now, Holy Spirit, would you also make these words alive to us today? We pray in your name. Amen. Last week we talked about how in the Bible there's this pattern of God forming things and then filling things. And so you see this in the creation story, right? There's three days where he forms these things and then he fills them with inhabitants. He makes three habitats and then fills them with three different kinds of inhabitants. And then you go to chapter 2 in Genesis and he does the same thing. He forms up mankind, Adam, it's mankind in Hebrew, and then there's the form of a human, but that's not the only thing he does. He then breathes within Adam the breath of life, the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit of God. So the conclusion we came to was this, God has formed us, we literally just sang about it just a minute ago, God has formed us in order to fill us with His Holy Spirit. That's why we were made. And Jesus, yes, is the premier example because Jesus is the Son of God, the Son of God. We were made through Him and by Him and for Him. And so, 
We are formed to be filled, to be spilled out and poured out for the sake of the world, just as Christ Himself was. And so, with that in mind, we have to focus upon the Holy Spirit. And that's where I kind of want to pick up uh, this morning is, okay, if our life is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what does that look like? How can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I'm so glad that you've asked that because I actually have something to say about it this morning, okay? So you're, you're right on the mark by asking this. Uh, these disciples, interestingly here in Acts 19, it's a kind of a fascinating little thing. You know, Luke includes this obviously for a reason, and the reason is very powerful, and it, I think it surrounds this question, have you received the Holy Spirit? And that's the question that I want to allow to just sort of permeate everything we do this morning. Honestly ask yourself, just up front, I mean, right now, not, not at the conclusion of the sermon, but now, have you received the Holy Spirit? You say, oh, well, I go to church, and oh, well, I read my Bible, and oh, well, I pray, and oh, well, I've been baptized, and oh, I'm a member at XYZ. No, no, no. Have you received the Holy Spirit of God into your life? And that's what we want to look at and ask. Paul's concern here is whether they had received the Holy Spirit in verse 2. They were already believers. He even tells us plainly, they were disciples. But they were not disciples in the way of Jesus. They believed in John. These are probably disciples of John the Baptist. You remember he had a very powerful ministry and had many disciples. And they had probably heard him preach, were baptized by John in the Jordan River, which is the lowest place on the face of the earth, by the way. So that Jordan River Valley is literally under sea level. It is absolutely the lowest place geographically in the world. Hence the Dead Sea, right? Uh, which is really interesting because remember what I told you earlier concerning the creed, how it has this descent of the sun and then ascent of the sun. He goes all the way down. And where is Jesus baptized? Literally the lowest place on the face of the earth in the Jordan River. That's not by accident. He doesn't go up to the Himalayas where the Buddhist monks are and be baptized in one of the beautiful waterfalls that are up there. No. He goes to the lowest place on the face of the earth to identify with our lowliness. And oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I find myself down in the dumps. You know what I mean? Just for whatever reason. I mean, I, everything can be, like if you looked at my life, you're like, oh man, you know, lots of good things going on in that guy's life. Whatever. I might look at your life and think the same thing, but one little thing in the day, and all of a sudden I feel like I am down in the dumps. Anybody with me on that? Jesus comes down in the dumps. That's the whole point. He comes down all the way down and He keeps going all the way down even to meet our last and final enemy, which is death. That's the worst thing. Worse than a bad day is to be dead. There are no more bad days. At least you get to have a bad day. So there are... I want to say very briefly just four things that when the Spirit comes into our life, that the Spirit always brings to our life. But before we get there, I want to ask this question. 
What is the way of Jesus? If they weren't, if these disciples were in the way of John, what is the way of Jesus? What's different about Jesus' ministry to John's ministry? And it's real simple. John the Baptist was doing what Jews actually did, which most people misunderstand, is they did believe in baptism. Jews baptized. But they baptized for the repentance of sins only. And John knows that there's one coming that once he is baptized, he will transform baptism like he transforms everything else that he touches, everything else that he does, including the law, including the Old Testament, including everything that he uh, says, everything, every miracle that he does, everything he touches he transforms. And baptism now will mean more than just repentance of sins. So I want to say this, and I'm not trying to, you know, be ugly with anybody or, you know, get sideways with anybody. But it's something that needs to be said. And that is, baptism is more than just your decision to be saved. Your decision to have your sins forgiven and washed away. Baptism is more than that. And so again, we have these visuals that God gives us of water. But this water, remember what John says, there's one coming who doesn't just baptize with water, but baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, which is more important? Baptism with water or baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire? It's not so much which one is more important because both are important. Here's what's important is if you're missing the Holy Spirit, we can dunk you a thousand times. It's not going to help your life. Amen. The guy, people, people always ask the question, and I don't mean to be snooty about it, but they say, can you be saved without baptism? And I just ask them point blank, was Abraham saved? Was he? Yes. This is actually one of the arguments that's given in the Bible concerning... And even Paul, when he comes, he says, look, you know, I'm baptizing people. I I wish I wouldn't have baptized so-and-so because now they're saying they're just a part of my little clique and clan and they've misunderstood baptism. There is a lot of misunderstanding about baptism, but here's the clear point. We all, as Christians, are to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and with water. Now, how and when, that's all up for debate. And the church is wide enough and big enough to include it all. Which is great. Which is fantastic. And so we're not real strong on this or that necessarily, but we have reasons why we do what we do. And if you want to know more about baptism, I'd be happy to sit down with you and have those discussions. But the reality is this. You can be baptized, member of a church all of your life, but if you've never receive the Holy Spirit, Paul is talking to you. And he's saying, have you received God's Holy Spirit? In your life, have you been baptized into God's Holy Spirit? Because remember, we were formed to be filled by Him. And then we can be spilled out for the sake of the world. Here's the thing. If you look at Jesus' life, a few things come into focus concerning the Holy Spirit. Number one is the prophecies, right? 
All the prophecies about Jesus were inspired by guess who? The Holy Spirit. (laughs) He's the one who inspires the prophets to speak things that they don't even understand. I mean, you remember some of these things, right? Notice Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. This is Isaiah prophesying in the 7th century B.C., okay? And just think about what he said. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him God with us, Emmanuel. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. But he's writing it down. Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But you, this is Micah 5, 2, again, the Holy Spirit saying something through Micah that he doesn't have a clue about. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah... Out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Concerning his ministry and death, Zechariah, one of the minor prophets. Remember, the minor prophets, there's 12 of them, right? That's not by accident. 12 tribes, 12 prophets, 12 apostles. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And then you go to Psalm 22. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced me my hands and feet. Do you know that in the 7th century B.C., no one knew about crucifixion? It had not been invented. And yet, right here in the psalm, they pierced my hands and feet. By the way, this is, you know, you know how Psalm 22 begins, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's not how it ends, by the way. It actually ends with everybody in the world coming to see this one who has done this act for God. <laughs> Which is why he was quoting it. I mean, it's like, it's like quoting the first part of a song. You know how the rest of the song ends, right? And they knew how the rest of the song ended. The song being the psalm. And we could go on. Prophecy after prophecy. There's over 400 Prophecies about the Christ that are fulfilled. And many of them, especially his birth and his death, are not in a human's control at all. When you've been to turn over to the authorities, you're no longer in control directing your life, which means it would be impossible, even if someone would have documented every single prophecy, to have checked it off the list because they were not in control of where they were born or how they were born etc, etc. No, we understand by faith that the Holy Spirit was prophesying to us about Jesus Christ. And then, He gives us all these promises in the Old Testament and Jesus Himself gives us a promise. He says, when He's ascending, you know, He did the descent, now He's ascending, He says, 
wait for the promise of the Father. Now look, Jesus is the best teacher in the world, right? He is. He's the best speaker in the world, you know, best philosopher in the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Don't you think he would have said after teaching those guys for three years, all right, now, now go get it, you know, start writing books and publishing stuff and speaking, doing huge crusades, go get it, tear it up, man, get hungry, you know, just like did some kind of, you know, football huddle thing with them. I mean, that's what I would have probably done. Like, all right, guys, you, you got enough information now. You saw how I live. Go do it. I'm out. I'm going to be coaching from now on. That's not what he does, is it? He says, no, 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 no. You got the information. You saw how I lived. But that's not enough. Right theology is not enough. Right knowledge is not enough. Nothing wrong with it, but it's not enough. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here's what Jesus said. I've got another promise. And that promise is a person. Just like my promise about the Messiah was a person. So too this promise is a person. Who is the Holy Spirit. And they were told to wait. For the promise of the Father. Some of us. I'm including myself in this. The Lord wants to do a powerful work in our life. But he can't. Because we're not willing to wait. On him. To fill us with his Holy Spirit. And if he uses us without that, we're going to botch everything up. Especially the fact that we are not living in the way of Jesus. Because living by the power of the Spirit is the way of Jesus. Period. End of sentence. As my new favorite song is, He's in the Waiting. He's in the waiting. That's where you'll find him is in the waiting. Henry Blackaby says, you can't really meet with God in a hurry. You got to wait. We hate waiting, don't we? Waiting at the emergency room. Been there, done that. You know, I understand why doctors are late. My brother's one of them. But it still doesn't make waiting fun does it but he is in the waiting not in the hurriedness of our life and if we just slow down if I would just slow down I'm talking to myself here giving myself a little pep talk if I just slow down I could be filled with the spirit I could have the power of the spirit and not do it in my own power number two is this he was conceived by the spirit promises of the spirit then he's conceived by the holy spirit it's talking about the way of Jesus what is the way of Jesus the way of Jesus is to be to receive the promises of the Holy Spirit fully, and he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, why is that important? Well, there's many important things we could draw conclusions of, but I'll just mention two. First, Paul says that Jesus is the last Adam, which means that by being conceived by God and not a man, how everybody else is, he is not in the line of Adam. He has his own line. He doesn't have a sinful nature as we inherit from Adam. We, the scripture says in Romans 5, because of Adam, all have sinned. And we all receive this bent toward sinning because the Holy Spirit 
conceives in the Virgin Mary, Jesus, he does not have a sin nature, nor is he in the line of Adam, which means he creates another line that we can now be a part of. Because also Romans 5 says, because in Adam all die, so too in Christ all can be made alive. There's two lines. We can either be in the line of Adam and stay there and be live a natural life of death and receive our punishment, or we can live supernaturally in the Holy Spirit and in the line of Jesus, who is the last Adam, Paul says. And then also we can draw this conclusion, and that is, and this is crazy, life begins at conception. Human life begins at conception. Wasn't Jesus fully human? Fully human isn't four weeks in, ten days in, ten weeks in, forty weeks in, or at birth. But rather he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and this is when his human life began. This is why Christians get so upset about abortion and anything that would cause the life that has been conceived to die. It's not some philosophical argument. It's a Jesus argument. I know that's not popular to be said. But what other time should we say things like that than the time in which people practice the things that would kill life that has been conceived. And, not to mention, you remember this really fascinating event where two pregnant ladies meet, Elizabeth and Mary, and John the Baptist, unborn and yet filled with the Spirit, leaps in the womb when Jesus unborn, walks in the room inside of Mary as he's gestating as an embryo. You say that embryos are not alive. They are in the Bible at conception. Not popular, but true. Thirdly, baptism in the Spirit, which is what we've already mentioned. But when Jesus is baptized, remember, the Holy Spirit descends upon him and rests, the Scripture says, like a dove, lighting upon him. And this is why, well, we don't have it now, but we, we have the descent of the dove. That's why the dove is always pointed down, is because the Spirit is represented as a dove that comes down to rest on us and must Rest in us. We are called to be baptized into the Holy Spirit and have Him in our lives. We are not just called to a baptism for the forgiveness of sins, but to be baptized and transformed. The forgiveness of sins, my friends, is just the beginning. Justification is just the beginning. There's more to the gospel than that. If, the, if, if you're living a Christian life where it's only always about just forgiveness of sin and escaping hell, you are not living the Christian life. Paul would come to you and say, have you not received the Holy Spirit? Why are you still living in the, in the baptism of John? Go instead to the way of Jesus. 
which is a way of transformation in the spirit. The rest of the gospel is the best of the gospel. It's not celebrity baptism where it's, oh, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins. Watch me get baptized. It's instead a sacrament that God does for us. It's him doing it for us and to us and with us as he's baptized in the Jordan. And then lastly is guided by the Spirit. Jesus is guided by the Spirit his entire life, even when he has to go into the wilderness. And you remember from the message a few weeks back, remember the loaves, that he's the one who sent them into the storm on the Mediterranean. Jesus did. So why would Jesus send us into the storm? Because sometimes some things need to be blown away in our life. That's why. It's like asking a father, why would you let sweet Blakely try to walk and bruise her head as she falls? Why not just carry her everywhere? Because I know she wasn't created for me to be carrying her everywhere. She's a beautiful woman that is going to walk around, run, and have fun. But the only way is to learn to walk. And learning to walk hurts, trust me. All my kids have bear the marks of that. And you know what? We were made to fly in the Holy Spirit. Not just crawl around on the ground like the serpent, but to fly with Christ. And so Jesus' way is a way of life in the Holy Spirit. Now I promised you four things that the Spirit brings. Love, unity, fruit, and gifts. The Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. The Father loves the Son, and He loves the Son by the Spirit. And in the Spirit, love is the Holy Spirit of God. There's no way to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not filled with love. Some of us, including myself, need more love. Love for others, love for my children, love for you, love for my family, love for those who persecute us, wrongfully use us. We need more of the Spirit then. Unity. Spirit always brings unity. Always. That's His mark. Fruit. You know the fruit of the Spirit. Look it up if you don't. The gifts of the Spirit. He's more ready to give these gifts than we are to receive them. How are we filled with the Spirit? Very simply. We have to first believe in the Holy Spirit. You just confess that and I hope you really do believe in the Holy Spirit, and that we have the capacity. Think about me. We have space somehow in us to receive God in this body. That's nuts. Does anybody think that's crazy? Like God's living in you? Some of us don't even want to say that out loud. Yeah, God's living in me. What, 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 I'm sorry, what did you say? God's living in me. Doesn't look like it, man. You know, it's, well, you know what? Let's let him come out. We try to contain God. We don't want to spend time with God. And some of us, some of us, brothers and sisters, some of us have actually never received the Holy Spirit. We received a lot of other things, but not the Spirit of God Himself. 
But you can. The first step is to believe. The second is to ask. Real simple. Just ask. You say, no, surely there's more to it than that. There's always a catch. I know there's always a catch. No, there's always a catch with humans. Not with God. He just says, come on. Everything that's mine is yours. I mean, if you ask to borrow some of my stuff, I'll say yes because I'm trying to be nice. Well, I'll say yes most of the time. If you ask for a book or something, I might just say, I'll buy you one. How about that? <laughs> I don't really like for my books to be torn up and stuff, you know. People just ravage books sometimes, but I don't even open them up the whole way. But nonetheless, if you ask to borrow my stuff, I'm going to be a little guarded. You know, I'll be like, yeah, you can borrow my truck. Um, where are you going? You know, what, what you going to be doing with it and stuff? But God, take it. Here you go. You want that? As long as it's good for us, he'll do that. He's not going to give a kid a knife. He's not stupid. Sometimes when we ask him, we're asking for stupid things. I'm asking for stupid things. Lord, give me a knife. Give me a knife. I'm a toddler. No, he's not going to do that. But, but you know what he wants to give us most? When he's teaching him to pray, it's fascinating. He says, he says will, a, will a father give his son a serpent? How much more will I give you the Holy Spirit? That's actually what he said. The Holy Spirit. Not riches. Not prestige. Pomp. Pride. Applause. No. The Holy If we will just ask. And then receive. And then live. Walk. In the Spirit. All the days of our life. Every step. The Scripture says. Your word is a light unto my path. Lamp at my feet. And a light unto my path. It's not a spotlight. You're not going to be able to see 200,000 yards in front of you. But you can see the next step. What is your next step today? After hearing this word about the Holy Spirit, you know, my prayer is just that he's nudged you. You know what I mean? Just, hey, you know that's right. That's you. Just, that's you. You need need more of me. Would Would you be courageous enough to ask? Boldly, the scripture calls us, come before the throne and ask. Don't be squeamish about it. Lord, I want more of your Holy Spirit. I don't know what that means. I don't even know what all you want to do with me or what you might call me to do or what you might call me to give up, but I know that I was created for you to be in my life. I want your Holy Spirit. He'll do it. He'll do it today. It's not some kind of long pro Today. And then he'll begin his work to make you holy so that you look like God, so that he can restore the image of God in our lives. And the beautiful thing is, we're not all going to look the same, even though we have the same spirit, because he actually likes the way you are. It's something hard for me to understand, because I don't even like the way I am all the time. But he likes the way you are. And he wants to use you, but he wants to amplify your life, electrify your life, wake it up, 
to the Holy Spirit's power at work, breathing over everything that you do, everything that you say, and everything that you are. He can do that today, and that is good news for somebody like me. Amen. As Rachel comes, we're